Welcome to the Christian Pregnancy Podcast. If you are ready to overcome stress and fear in pregnancy, childbirth, and postpartum by applying God's Word in your life, you are in the right place. I believe that children are a gift from God and the journey into motherhood is meant to be blessed. However, we find ourselves full of stress and fear. As mummies to be or new mums, you are a daughter of God and Jesus has come that we may have abundant life. And this abundant life includes joy and peace through your motherhood journey. I believe as mums, we have the authority to claim this promise from God. I'm Gladys, a mum of two who has been through the struggles of being pregnant, staying pregnant, followed by a challenging childbirth and postpartum. But God was and is my strength, and I am called to help you claim a pregnancy of purpose, a childbirth full of joy, and a motherhood of meaning. Put up your feet, grab your pickles or ice cream. It's time to dig into this journey with Jesus at the wheel. Hi, Daughter of God. Welcome to the Christian Pregnancy Podcast. Today, I have a special guest with me who is Pastor Jenny. Pastor Jenny is a wonderful Hello. woman of God and she's a mom to two children. And I met her when I was in Bible school doing a short program. And she actually taught me on the subject of journaling. So, Pastor Jenny, I'm really honoured to have you here today on the podcast. How about you introduce yourself a little more to the audience? Very glad to. Hi, Gladys. I am so proud of you for starting this podcast. I still remember the time when you came over to my place and we were discussing about children, pregnancy and stuff like that. So, yeah, it's been incredible to see you uh, walk through that journey and see the fruit of your life, both in your children uh, and the courageous decisions that you've made. So hi everyone, my name is Jenny. I'm a pastor in the city of Singapore uh, and um, I wear several hats uh, because simply because God opened different doors for me to do different things. I actually started the first Christian podcast in Singapore several years back. Uh, right now I head up a community um, mostly run online uh, where we are asking the question of what it means to really live. So, yeah, that and writing and, you know, uh, preaching at pulpits and running different things for leaders and churches and, um, and mentoring uh, younger pastors in the city. So these are some of my joys. Uh, but of course, the greatest joy as well as the greatest, probably also the greatest heartache I have is being a mom <laughs> of my two children and my one cat. <laughs> Yeah, thanks for the introduction. Surely, uh, motherhood is really a challenging time. And even I ex experienced struggles myself in my own motherhood journey. So, like the Bible says that children are a blessing. So, Pastor Jenny, how does God use our children as a blessing? Especially um, when sometimes we go through motherhood, it is just so tough. Mm. I think we often hear this phrase, children are blessing, and we just think about the nice times when they are dancing for us, or they paint lovely little artwork and they give to us, and we think, oh, we're so blessed. But I, to understand this phrase that children are a blessing from the Lord, we really need to understand blessing from God's point of view. And nothing challenges our understanding of blessing like Jesus' words on the Sermon on the Mount, when he says, blessed are you who are poor in spirit, blessed are, the meek, blessed are those who mourn. So clearly God's ideas of blessing might be quite different from ours. And until we educate ourselves and align our understanding of blessing, I do think that um, as a person and even more as a Christian, you will continually be struggling against God. 
and against your own life uh, until you lay hold of this understanding of what it means to be blessed in God's eyes. Wow. So my understanding of uh, yeah, so my understanding of what it means to be blessed is actually to be living in alignment with who God made you to be, uh, and in dependence on God. God says that we will be the most joyful when we depend on Him and we watch Him come through for us. How He provides for us, how He guides us, how He, how he protects us, uh, and 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 all that. You know? And so there are two components to this blessing. One is we are aligned with who we are. The other one is we are aligned by depending on God. And and so you know uh, the love of God flows into our lives. So having said that, then how are children a blessing? I think when God gives us children, most of us have our kids. Uh, around the time when we have our kids, we are we are adults and we have already made something of our life. So some of us are more successful, and some of us are less. But when you have children, you realize that a lot of things you are good at doing cannot uh, solve all the issues that children present to you. It's like a whole new learning journey. You've got to learn everything anew. And sometimes no matter how many books you read, how many things you try, the child still, try, still cries. Or you cannot do... You can eat everything right and do everything right, but you cannot you cannot determine the genetic makeup of the child eventually. So I think parenting is is a very distinct journey that God allows us, some of us to go on, uh, to grow us into who we are because we sometimes get so full of ourselves that I think it's meant to humble us. So the children bless us because they humble us. And when we are humbled, then we learn to depend on God. You know, uh, I remember as a young mom, I used to pray about everything now. The baby poo or don't poo, so I pray to God. Cannot find the weenie the poo, so I pray to God, you know. Then you suddenly feel like you all the time you're so dependent on God. And it was such a sweet experience, you know, uh, that it was like the presence and the sweetness of God was infusing my home. I never felt as close to God as when I was this desperate young mother. <laughs> wow. So that, that is a blessing to be able to feel mm-hmm. so close to God. I mean, you're desperate in your desperation, just calling out to Him and Him answering. Yeah. Yeah, and I feel like God is there, right there parenting with me. I mean, when I pray, sometimes I really literally will sense God calm me down or even tell me what to do, you know. And it's it's such a powerful and beautiful experience. Mm. I can totally imagine. I really like what uh, you mentioned earlier about um, um, becoming like a mother that God called us to be. And you mentioned mm. something about that. So, um to be the mother that God has called us to be, what can we do to, to reach that position, to be the mother that God called us to be? Um, okay, so all motherhood has some universal things. So you cannot sort of be so out there and be so unique until you don't do the basic stuff. So I think uh, there are some basic things that all mothers do, which, which is what unites us as mothers. You know, it's like our common, uh, common struggles and our common victories. So some of that would be basically uh, paying attention, being a nurturing presence, uh, and being a champion for our children. Because mm-hmm. nobody believes in your children like you do as a mom, especially moms, I feel. Um, but then at the same time, how you express nurturing, championing your kids, paying attention, uh, protecting them, is different depending on your training, depending on your personality, right? So some of us... Uh, do that better by cooking, cleaning, doing a lot of things, you know. I used to look at all the mothers and their Instagram where all their lunchboxes so nice, right? Or those that can sew things on it. And I'm not that kind of mom. I just can't. I'm not, my art and craft is very jialat on this. I fail in my art and craft. 
and I like to cook, but it will never be that kind of Instagrammable thing. And so at some point in my life, I just have to say, those are not my strengths. That's not how my motherhood will be expressed. And I should let it go. Mm. Rather than try to do something I'm not, uh, not aptitudinally good at, which is going to frustrate me. And it's actually, what who am I doing it for? What am I trying to prove, right? The important thing is, am I meeting the needs of my kids? You know, and they have actually quite fundamental needs that we, every one of us, whether we're educated or not educated, actually we can meet. And uh, sometimes I think, though, the more successful we are uh, in, in our career and all that, sometimes we set very unle- unrealistic expectations uh, for our mothering, which is actually not necessary. Yes, yes. There are so much expectations and pressures of motherhood yeah. sometimes. It's just like you just uh, turn on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and all you mm. see are like other mothers who seem to be doing so well in their motherhood. And then when you look yep. at your real life, it just doesn't compare up. So how do we man- manage these kind of pressures and expectations that others have about motherhood? I think uh, for me, the key is intentionality. Uh, because we got created us in this image, we are intentional beings. What we need to do is to ask ourselves, what's the intention? What's my intention for being on social media? If I want to learn something from someone, that's a good reason. If I want to keep up with friends, that might be a valid reason. I think other than that, there's really no good reason to be on social media for very, very long at all. And when you are intentional about being a mother and you really sit down every day and think, what are the few things you need to do well? You give your energy and time to that. You'll find it easier to not be distracted by non-priorities. There are a lot of non-priorities in our life. You know, like I say, the perfect lunchbox or even your child getting an A grade. That's really not a priority mm-hmm. from God's perspective. Uh, so if we don't fret over the wrong things, and that, of course, is an ongoing journey. Uh, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's just very natural that some of us will be more helicopter moms and tiger moms and what have you. Uh, so being very intentional about um, knowing yourself, where your personality can serve your children, where your personality may smother your children instead of mother them, knowing that, and uh, then ask yourself, if I want to mother well, wh- what are the resources that can help me to stay on track with the, the purpose of mothering and with mothering according to my uh, character and my convictions and my personality? Yeah. So. Scrolling social media is a very bad idea because it's like you just open your brain and your heart to all the influence and, and it, it takes out a lot of time and it fills you with so many ideas and, and so many, yeah, it, it plays on your mind. I really feel it plays on your mind. So you've got to be very careful. You should only use social media with a clear intention. Mm. Mm, yes, intentionality is so important and I also think that like, hearing what God says is more important mm. than hearing what other people say because sometimes Absolutely. what the world say, somebody can tell you this and the other person can have a totally opposite idea and then in the end when mm. we try to listen to what everyone says, we just get so confused. So I think... Yeah, think, like going to all those forums, right? Every single yeah. question, you know, you just quickly go to your phone and go to those forums and I mean, at any one time you take 10 minutes, 15, I don't know how long you take to read those things and you still need time to sort it out. Maybe it's better to remember that we have a Heavenly Father who can guide us and not go to the forum and just pause and pray first. Just pause mm-hmm. and pray the two, three, five minutes. You might actually find an answer from God. And that's mm-hmm. a much more empowering experience for yourself. It grows your confidence as a mom. 
And imagine it grows your communion with God. I feel like that is a better option as a first off rather than going to social media and all these forums. Yes, yes. Usually my first instinct is to without Google to search for whatever (laughs) concern that I have rather than turning Mm. to God. So it's a really good reminder to turn first to Mm. God. After all, God is the one who created our children and He knows our children best. So he has the yeah. perfect answer already, actually. Mm. Yeah. Do you have any yeah. uh, examples of when you, you ask God for guidance in your motherhood and then God like answered you or showed you something? Oh, so many, so many. So, okay, maybe I'll just give two. One is when uh, my children are very young. I, I think almost all young children go through this phase, which I actually mentioned in my book uh, called The Night Terrors, where they suddenly cry inconsolably, right? Yeah. And you don't know why they're crying. Yeah. You've done everything, you've checked everything. And that can happen when they're a baby and that can happen when they're a toddler. Uh, and during the toddler phase, it's actually this thing called, this, this phenomenon, a lot of children go through called night terrors because they are growing in their awareness of their environment. And their brain is actually, their imagination is starting to kick in. Mm-hmm. So I remember uh, when my children were going through this and I was wondering, you know, what to do. I haven't really read out in the night terrors. But I really felt God said, just, uh, just, hold them very tight, hug them very close, okay, and just wait, and then pray and wait for the crying to stop, rather than fret, you know, because the normal thing is when a child's crying, you want to stop, so because you want to stop, you get impatient, and you you actually add to the anxiety that the child is picking up, so with that advice, right, uh, I was just, just hold my child very tight, and, and just, just pray, and, and actually, it's very interesting, because for both my kids, they only had this kind of experience once or twice, you know, and then after that, they, they really, really calm down. And they, you know, I think the security they feel from my presence, my immediate response and my presence uh, really made a lot of difference. Uh, yeah. At an, another time when they were very young also, I was trying to figure out whether, whether is it colleague or is it not colleague? <laughs> you know, a colleague then you... Yeah, that's well, the I don't have the, the great water, like, I don't have this, I don't have that, you know. And then if your spouse don't know what all these things is, you, know, you can't rely on them to go and get it. Uh, yeah, so I also remember... Another time when, when my child was crying, I felt like God was telling me it's actually a stomach upset, it's actually a colicky kind of situation. Uh, and then I, you know, then your mind goes, you know, no, colic, how long will it last? And it will only be days, weeks, months. Yeah, but I just felt uh, God was close to me enough to just give me the reassurance that not to worry. Lah. And and so again, you know, I massaged the, the tummy, uh, I, I got the, the, the Chinese medicated oil, right? You massage, I pray. And it was very short also. It didn't even last a week, no, the colleague. Then it just cleared and never came back. Wow, so so I'm not saying that this will be true for everyone, but I believe the larger principle is um, experiencing God's presence with you. Like after he's the perfect heavenly father. Yes. And you know, yeah. And and he knows that. Uh, mm. Yeah. Of course, then when they were older, uh, really there, there needed to be a lot of guidance from God regarding like education, and stuff like that. And this is a very big story because uh, in Singapore, the educational system is very, they're trying to change it, but it's still a very grades-oriented, performance-oriented uh, system. And uh, my younger child uh, doesn't suit the system. So he struggled a lot through his educational journey. He's 17 today. Uh, and there was there were so many tears. He cried, I cried, we all cried, you know. Sometimes I do hope we do and then I cry also. <laughs> I just want to give up, you know, want to throw the book away. And uh, a lot of those times, I just felt like God would remind me of the more important thing, which is whether I was modeling hope for him 
whether I was communicating his worth, uh, whether I'm willing to develop compassion for my child, whether I'm willing to develop patience for my child. You know, so I feel like those are so important things because, you know, if, if you allow God to change you, it doesn't just bless your parenting, it bless every area of your life if you are changed, right? Yes. If you're more compassionate, if you're more empathetic, if you're more patient, you're just you're just more Christ-like. You're just a better. You're just a a, a, a more mature human being. It's a great thing. Mm-hmm. And I think parenting will definitely have many moments like this, where we see how we come short. Uh, we get so impatient. And then we look at our values. It's so warped. You know, we are so uh, pressurized by the world system. You know, we, we go to school, we pick up our kids, we also like compare a bit, compare a bit here, compare a bit there. <laughs> yes, you know, all these things are actually really happening, you know. And and we start have to find some time at the end of the day or at the start of the day, some pockets of time throughout the day just to get ourselves right with God, just mm-hmm. to clear the system. So that's why I do find it's very hard to take on a full-time job and mother young children at the same time. To yes. be able to do it well, I think it's very, very challenging. And some women have no choice but to work. But I, I do think that if you can cut back on your work or you can don't work for a season, uh, just to focus on your mothering, which is also focus on yourself as a person to grow, uh, it can be very powerful. And don't worry about not being able to go back to the workforce because who says you have to do the same work you've always done? Mm. There's always news. God is a God of amazing surprises and newness. He's a creative God. So don't lock ourselves into something when God has given us a child with with it is an entirely uncharted territory for us to explore. So yes. don't, don't limit ourselves. And if you limit yourself, you also limit your child because you will force your child to fit your agenda. Mm. And in a way, that's not really fair. <laughs> not really fair to the child. Mm. Yes, definitely. But I guess it's also about God's calling for us. I mm. think some people, although um, they have children, they feel that they are called into um, their, the workforce, their mm. working life, and they will hence work full-time. What are your thoughts on this? It also happens that way, right? Um, I guess it really depends on the person. My uh, conviction is a child is alive. You know? mm. A job, although you interact with people, their lives, uh, they are, it's still mainly a task. Mm. So if you were to compare the worth of a life and a task, I think it's quite easy straight away to see the difference. I see. Yes. Um, yeah. So my my personal persuasion, uh, after all my experience, all my reading, all my research, and all the work I've done as a pastor with people who are broken and wounded, and how hard it is actually to, to really maintain a good home. Uh, it's like you wouldn't, you wouldn't build a house with lousy foundations. True. It would stand, you know? Um, how, how do we want to raise a life if we were not willing to make some, put in the, the necessary time and effort mm. and get the good, good quality materials to lay the foundation of the life? And yeah. there's already so much research done that the first uh, up to seven or ten years of a child's life is really their foundation years. Yes. So who is who is somebody is laying the foundation whether you like it or not. So if you work, if you work and you can ensure that the foundation is properly laid, the child is secure, the child is growing in confidence, the child is curious as a learner, the child is spiritually alive. If you can confidently say somehow 
your helper, your mother, you know, whoever, or your the five hours a day you spend with your can do that. Kudos to you. But I seriously doubt it can be done. Mm. I think something will give. Um and, and so it feels sad to me because I I feel like what is the potential of the of of your children? If you don't know what's the foundation, you don't know how you know, depending on the foundation, then you can build right, the edifice. Yes. Yeah. So it, it does it does bother me quite a bit. Lah. And recently I wrote a piece on this, you know, I said, sorry, I'm not sorry, but I'm really angry for our children. I feel that society has told us a lie. That as women, we must prove ourselves to be able to do everything. Be mm-hmm. a mother, be a great wife, you know, be a lover, be a great friend, be an entrepreneur even or whatever, and then have a great job. Just be shiny and successful. I think that's a lie. That is a lie. I don't think that's how God expects us to be. Mm. Otherwise, there won't be the blessed are the meek, and blessed are those who mourn. And yeah. where do those experiences come from? You see, so I think we need to think a bit deeper about this and and ask ourselves, um, yeah, what is really happening if we look at all the all the data from society, right? Uh, I don't like to scare people, but I think we have to have a hard look at some of these things where, where we are looking at uh, many, many issues plaguing children today, you know, and, and it's really sad. Yeah. yeah. Mm. You know, this morning I went to the market. On my way back, I passed a, a daycare center and I actually hate walking past a daycare center, although I adore children. Because almost always I hear some child crying. Uh. And almost always I will see the teacher just sitting there managing the activity but not managing the children and a lot of parents don't know this because when you go and pick up your child the teacher will be smiling they'll be like ah your mommy is here but i have a friend who went through because of passion early child training she was attached to a elite preschool in singapore and she said that that's the truth when the parents are not around the the teachers behave very differently Mm -hmm. and i cannot really blame them because to them it's a task it's not a life, you know. That's a huge difference. Mm. Whereas to yeah. us mothers, is our, our children's lives and we are laying the form. Yeah. Right? yeah. yeah. But, but if we're not careful, we can also see it as a task. And then we see, ah, yeah, feeding so basic, no need brain one, let somebody else do it. But that's not true. It is a life. If you think about it, you come alive when you enjoy a good meal, right? Yeah. You come alive if your PowerPoint presentation is approved by your boss. Uh, you come alive when when people laugh at your jokes, <laughs> you know, or when, uh, you know. So a child is just a smaller version of an adult. They have all the needs that uh, an adult has. They need companionship. They need somebody to believe in them, somebody to laugh at their jokes, somebody to listen to them. And the other thing is this, a big part of the child development is language development. If you treat a child as a task, you end up not talking to the child very much. I've observed this a lot in public uh, transport and all that, right? So now these parents a lot, they just put a tablet or phone in front of the child because it's a task. It's just eating, right? You just watch and eat. But that's not true. As the child eats, you can talk to them about anything from the food, the taste, to everything the people observe around them. Yeah. The child is experiencing things. But if nobody talks to them, the experience is completely lost because there is no language to capture the experience. Wow. Your language is your container. So, you know, when you don't have all those containers, nothing is stored. Everything is frittered away. So it makes me very sad because a child's brain, everybody knows, is this massive uh, supercomputer that's trying to compute and trying to figure things out. And they can learn so many things so well. 
I'm not saying a hot house, but I'm saying just meaningful interactions. Mm. And it's very painful sometimes you see children, they are observing things and they're pulling on the sleeves of the parents or the caregiver. And the caregiver doesn't care. I mean, if I've seen just these past two weeks, I've gone out and I've seen so many helpers with their children, with their um, charges, and always they are on their phone. So the children will look up, uh, forget it, she won't be interested to talk to me. So that whole day, whatever the child goes through, their language development, their understanding, their concept making is all diminished because there is no one to interact with them meaningfully, help them to make sense of the world. Wow. And the world today is a very scary place. Worse, much worse than the real growing up. Yes. So if there's no one, can you imagine why? Is it little wonder why children are developing mental anguish at a young age? Mm, it's, yeah, so true. It's kind of related. It is kind of related. Yeah. So mm. true. It is because, yeah, sometimes as adults, even I myself am guilty of it, like um, brushing away my children, children's questions mm. and uh, incessant um need to know <laughs> about certain things sometimes it can be really really tough to yes. attend yes. to the I, and I'm not saying we can do it perfectly because I have times when I was I've told my son can we just eat this meal quietly I don't want to hear you talk <laughs> I have I have literally actually said that to my son before and I think it's okay if you do it once or twice but what I'm describing is not the once or twice <laughs> yeah it's a daily daily the laying mm. foundation so what foundation are we laying are we laying one a good foundation or a shaky foundation. Yeah, that mm. is also good. Yeah. Yeah. So um now that we have talked so much about motherhood, um, do you have any like personal story or in motherhood like where you overcome a difficulty or that you can share with our with our listeners? <laughs> sure, plenty. Um maybe I'll share a few because I think your listeners may be different ages, right? Yes. Uh, okay, so one experience is um, when my child told a lie, and she was very young, my first born, she told a lie. I know she was lying. And, but my, my daughter, she's now studying to be a lawyer. So she, 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 the origin story is already there. Right? She's already like that. <laughs> she will argue back with me and all that and prove her point and, and get all. And I realized that she was not going to admit. So I pull back. Instead of continuing to accuse her, so I pull back and I say, all right. And I pray about it. And I just waited for another time uh, when I would talk to her again. And interestingly, she was the one who brought it up. I think that time she was about six. And she asked me, actually, what's wrong with lying? She asked me the question. Wow, difficult, huh? Because you can't just say it's wrong. Because yeah. she just lied and got away with it and it was good for her. <laughs> It's quite a helpful solution to her problem. Right? So I realized I had to really explain to her why being truthful is important because God is truthful. And we are made in God's image. God wants us to be truthful. If once we start with a lie, we actually move towards the darkness. And once you move towards the darkness, we just keep increasing. And of course, later on, we watch like uh, cartoons and all that, right? That show all these stories to reinforce. But I know even from a very young age, that my that would be an area that my daughter would struggle with precisely because of her strength. Mm. Her strength in argument. She can argue herself out in any situation. So, you know, as a mom, you begin to notice that your child's strength is something you must really take care of and it, you must help it to flourish in a correct way. Mm. Yes. So that's one of the struggles. But I think the, the overcoming comes from me, firstly, not accusing her, being patient, prayerful. 
and talking to her about it, not just once, but several times, over several occasions. And eventually, you know, more and more, she began to understand how powerful and important it is. And then her behavior began to align. Then she began to, you know, come clean more quickly, apologize more quickly and all that. Yeah. So that's one one experience. Um, I think another one is, um, just not already mentioned a little bit about the education, and that's always a very big piece. Uh. Uh, but I would like to say this uh, learning that I had, because I'm a little bit critical of our education system, I kind of made a mistake carrying this critical attitude with me all the time. Uh, and it didn't help my children, I feel. Later on, I felt God convict me about it. That while I can be critical about a system, how I respond to it must still be constructive. So then, I think that time my uh, my son was in primary school, I no, by the, I think it was middle of his primary school years, I began to decide not to be so stressed by the, you know, you know when your kid cannot study, right? All the emails you get from the teacher are negative, right? The PTM is all negative, your Sundays, your Sunday, why like that? Then you feel like well, you're you are in in a in a court like that, no? Then being then being questioned all the time. It's very uncomfortable for most parents. So I realized that okay, the teachers are coming from a place where they are so pressurized by the system, they only know how to talk this way. They do, they are not personal about it. They're not I mean, so I'm thinking to myself, I can do a few things. I can get defensive, right? I can get angry with them or accuse them back. I send my son to you. You didn't teach him properly. Okay, you blame me, you know? Or I can be more empathetic. So I realized that, okay, what I will do is I will partner the teacher. So when I craft my email and I see them, I always start with thanking them. And then I always, after I thank them, I, I will always say, we, are, we both want this child to succeed. And then I will, I will thank them for what they are doing. And I'll tell them that I will do my part. So, for example, if they complain that my child isn't doing homework, I'll say I will look into the matter and I will try my best to remind him to do his homework mm -hmm. uh, and all that. So, just by that, the way I change my tone, I feel that the teachers feel much better. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, it's like, like they, they feel less stressed. And I also feel better about the teachers and we both feel better about the child. So, we are now not like I'm fighting you, you're fighting me, we're fighting the child but we are kind of like in it together. Yes. And I think that also begin to have a more positive effect on my child. Because when I say, I want you to respect your teachers because I respect your teachers, it sounds more true, right? Then I want you to respect your teacher, do our homework, huh? but then you're complaining about the school, complaining about the mm -hmm. principal, complaining about teacher. The inconsistency is very damaging for our children. So that was a difficult lesson for me to learn, but I'm very grateful. God was gracious to teach it to me. Uh, so, you know, uh, I just had the last, last, last email from school because my son finished uh, middle school, right? He's going to the polytechnic. Uh, I wrote a final thank you email to the teacher because my son actually did very well. So she wrote a very nice citation. I wrote to thank her and she wrote me back to say that my email made her day. <laughs> wow. So, you know, so it's kind of like, wow, after my son went through like 16 years of literally hardship in the school system, it she, he grew through it, I grew through it, uh, and then we ended on a good note, which is really, really, to me, is as good as a miracle, you know, if, if any. So I'm very, very grateful for all these things that God taught me. Yeah. Yeah. So many lessons that we learn through motherhood. So many, yeah. So many. Yeah, sometimes yeah. it's, yeah, parenting is really about changing us 
changing us from. It is, isn't it? That's why they are real blessing to us. Yeah. Yeah. And now when I write emails to everybody, the tone is also different. Correct? Because yeah. of what you went through with the teachers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I, it's just the empathy goes up and it's great. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so wonderful. So thank you so much for your your sharing. And I think we learned so much from you uh, in all your sharing, your heartfelt sharing, Pastor Jenny. Uh, do you have any advice to, any final advice to mothers or mothers-to-be who are pregnant currently? Mm. I think the bottom line is remember that life comes from God and only He can fully manage it. We are just stewards. So we stewards don't have the whole story. We don't have the whole authority. We don't have all the resources. So I think my final word to all parents, whether you're pregnant, early pregnancy, late, your children are young or old, it's the same. Remember, it's a gift from God. He is the source of life. Look to him all the time. Thank you so much. Richly blessed. <laughs> yes. yes. Pastor Jenny, would you like to share more about like what you do with to really live? Uh, you can share more about it to my listeners. Oh, sure. Well, I would like to encourage you to just explore. Uh, the website is www.toreally.live. So it really is a community uh, because I feel like, you know, life is such a powerful and precious thing. But our world has narrowed it down to how much you can buy, how much you can enjoy, or how much you can achieve. And um, that, that makes a lot of us very miserable. Because no matter how many things you buy, you never have enough. No matter how many uh, things you enjoy, you never enjoy enough. You know, and then and then it makes us compete against one another, and and it makes it distorts the view of the world, the view of life. is very harmful for society, as we can see right now with the climate crisis. It's very harmful for all of our souls. That's why we become very pressurized, stressed out, dull people. You know. But God created us at first to live in the Garden of Eden. It's a beautiful place, teeming with life. Everything God provides for us. Um, except that God said there's just one tree, right? And that really, the deeper truth in that is, why is there something that we cannot touch? That means God says life will always have its limits. That's why the lie told to women, you can have it all, is really a lie. You will always have your limits. You want to be within the limits and thrive and flourish and do well in those limits rather than try to be in 10 places at one time. So anyway, this community is not primarily about parenting, uh, but it's primarily about cultivating a way of life so that we learn to flourish where we are. And we have, a, we have an ethos of slowing down, savoring our own life and not comparing and envying others and serving in a sustainable way. So those are the three big uh, values that we are trying to cultivate in our lives. Mm. Even and though it's not yeah, mainly about parenting, I think it is so important as a parent to like to really live, to slow down. It is, it is, yes, it is. So you know, when we really live ourselves depending on God and his life flowing in us, then we can be that life-giving parent. Exactly. Be that life-giving parent and raise children who feel alive, not children who are like, oh, very sien, very sien, uh, and, and and all that. I think it's, it's I think we all want our children to be lively, right? And to be uh, excited about life, positive. And they can't get that if they don't see that in us, basically. Because they, they model us, right? Yes. Yeah. So please come around and uh, there's, there's, there's writing, there's podcasts there, and we have a Facebook group. You can join us. And as a community, we do a range of different activities. 
uh, to help you to slow down, to savor your life and to serve also. So yeah, feel free to... Oh, I Gladys can I mention my book too? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so very briefly, uh, I have written one and one only parenting book. And it's called Simple Tips for Happy Kids. And I hope you all will get it because it's such an easy book to read. Very few words and a couple of cartoons in it. Uh, my youngest reader is actually 17 months old. He insisted on buying the book. He is in his stroller. And he came to my book table. He put the book down. Then the mother said, okay, okay, I'll buy it. Because <laughs> he can't read it. He's just drawn to the cartoons. Uh, but basically, it's 52 tips, practical tips for uh, parenting to give your children a solid foundation. So it works for children from birth to, actually birth a bit younger, but it, the orientation it will give you is very helpful. Uh, but very, very good for the toddler to primary school. So uh, it's got simple tips for happy kids. Um, you can get it on, you can get it from most bookstores online or all that. But uh, if you want to get it, because sometimes the bookstores don't carry all the books, you, then you have to go and order and, and request. But another way is you can uh, get in touch with me through my To Really Live website and you can order it from me. If you live in Singapore, you order it from me, I can ship it to you. Thank you so much, Pastor Jenny. I have that book. I think I really must get it out and read it again. <laughs> thank good, you good, very good. much for your time and just want to say thank you and God bless you. Thank you and God bless you, Gladys, for doing this and serving all the women around the world <laughs> with your podcast. It's, it's wonderful. God bless everyone. If this podcast has blessed you, helped you, or challenged you, please share it with another mom-to-be or mom and leave a written review on Apple Podcasts. This helps inspire a generation of kingdom mothers and future world changers. Also, come join the Christian Pregnancy Facebook group at bit.ly slash Christian Pregnancy Group. That is bit.ly slash Christian Pregnancy Group. See you in the next episode. May God bless your pregnancy, childbirth and postpartum journey with His joy and peace always.